Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 100th episode of season two of the Chief Yaya podcast. I want to welcome you all, all you first time listeners and all of you repeated loyalists. Thank you for uh, coming through and spending some time with uh, with the community, you know, the silent community and and with me myself so that we can start to recharge and reset these spiritual neurons uh, within us. All right. So like I said, we're on the 100th episode. And uh, in this segment, I want to really be speaking about personal resetting. You know, just I want to share some concepts with you um, in regards to just resetting. You know, sometimes um, some of us are still working through some of our unnecessary pain and um, some of the disasters that we've gone through in life. And we're trying to survive on an individual level and, of course, on a collective level. And we all have this this grand responsibility, in all honesty, to make sure that we're awakening from um, a sleep, if you will, and we're enacting our potential and our ability to experience freedom, you know, to experience what we could call our yaship or our godship or our godhood, you know, and everyone really has uh, access to that without exception you know to, to varying degrees of course and we all have also access to disasters as well in various degrees whether they be emotional or spiritual or economic you know but um, I really want to get into some understanding in this session that takes us away from the our pattern reactions and you know so we can start operating in a way where we when we see certain predictable stimuli that's kind of maybe even been fashioned for us to respond a certain way we can move with an awareness where we're responding based on our own free will and uh of course not our program based on some dead system of beliefs or a consciousness that is held by the mass of humanity or or even our egos you know uh, sometimes our egos can be so very vulnerable and so very weak that we uh, create certain quick responses wherever we go and whomever we're dealing with and we establish a sense of, sense of pride in order to make sure that we uh we don't feel ashamed, you know, or um, we don't see just how we're truly acting. And a lot of times, you know, this way of thinking about ourselves comes from how we've been programmed, you know, by our parents and by books and by music and by cinematography and, you know, by educators or teachers and by our political bodies that we find ourselves inside of and, and, and even advertisements and a lot of it is so subliminal um, but it's continuous it's subtle but it's unceasing and it's common so we're never really away from it we're never really away from a system that would seek to intentionally misuse us and our minds for their own power 
affairs or their power agendas. So I want to get into that in this session. And uh, it's going to be a very valuable one for us to get into a space where we start really building on some amazing qualities that we can capitalize on, building on gobbling up better suggestions in our lives and and start destroying some of the outrageous habitual patterns that we may have that um, cover up our sacred personality and cover up our very our very spe- special and divine characteristics because we're you know stuck into this sort of um, place where we we're just following along with genetics and history and happenstance and we don't really have an honest relationship with our real self, you know, in order to be even begin to perfect ourselves or to reprogram ourselves. But we're just sort of machines with certain patterns. And, you know, we want to get beyond that and start growing some new fibers in the gardens of our minds. All right. So before we do that, of course, I'm going to share with you our proverb. And then I'm also going to share with you um, our film. So our proverb is as follows. Regard heaven as your father, earth as your mother, and all things as your brothers and sisters. The movie we're going to uh, dive into is one that uh, it's, it's, well, I guess I guess we could say it's an old, older movie. It's not that old, but um, it's a movie that I think you'll, you'll all really enjoy. And the title of the movie is Groundhog Day. And Groundhog Day is a film that came out in uh, 93. And it stars uh, Bill Murray. So, you know, obviously, if you have Bill Murray in a film, it's going to be funny, right? <laughs> but it, it really deals with that concept of, um, or with the concept of time. You know, and in particular time and in super time within a loop. You know, similar, uh, I guess, more uh, more recent movie would be um, Edge of Tomorrow, you know, where you have that concept of like a time loop and and maybe even a, a multiverse, if you will. And this this idea of free will and determinism. And, you know, when we look at determinism, we're, we're essentially we're essentially looking at um, the actions that we take and sometimes it's called the predictable or the or the principle of predictability but um when we're using our own determinism to produce uh, a certain state that we want and uh then we have free will which is just kind of the idea of um our human actions or our actions that we do but sometimes those actions are changed by our desire to be compatible with other people so we want to be praiseworthy we want to be blameless you know we we think about our our moral dignity our moral responsibility and it's like a uh contention between the two ideas you know in one instance we want to do what we feel free to and then in the other instance we we want to be praised for what we do you know so the film is great you know uh, bill plays a or bill murray plays a character by the name of phil and there's some theories there in terms of like the continuity of memory, you know, which is present there. And even um, the body continuity, if you will. And um, 
I would say there's a lot of science in it, even though it's a funny movie and you wouldn't really think. But it, there's a lot of philosophy to dig into in there as we look at like the loop of Groundhog Day and partial personality ideas and, you know, things like um, we start to look at, you know, when we outline it, how do we respond to life? How do we choose to become the sameness of our personality each day? You know, or do we move into a, a gradual place where um, we change our concept? You know, we allow personality changes as required and as needed. All right. So you're going to enjoy it. 535 p.m. Eastern, of course, is when we'll hit play. And like I said, the film is the exploration of time and super time. Groundhog Day. All right. All right. In this session, I want to build on the concepts of uh, sort of reprogramming and resetting, like I said earlier. And um, those concepts are based around, at least for all intents and purposes and what we're doing, based around in our um, sort of our, our belief that sometimes we have as people living a human experience that um, once a pattern or routine of life is established that it must stay the way it is. And, you know, sometimes that can be true if it's things that are sacred to us, you know, and sacred to our character. But we always have the ability, as long as we're existing in this dimension and in this form, we'll always have the ability to reprogram personality, reprogram thoughts you know, um, based upon our will and our surf, our self-determined will, you know, so a lot of what we have to do in this thing in time is prepare ourselves and we're preparing ourselves for different ages, right? As different ages come about, you know, for many of us, knowledge becomes what was, you know, things that we typically want to know are things that are in the past, things that already exist. But the wisdom is what we utilize to carry us into the future. So you can make a very basic kind of um, correlation there and knowledge being the past and wisdom being the future. So as we become more more wise to ourselves and our actions, you know, we start to look at how our higher higher self resides um, in our ability to fashion itself, you know, or teach us something about our own will. You know, a lot of times the person that we're most familiar with in terms of the I or the me or the you even is the person that has been trained to be the way they are after many years of blind, unconscious programming. You know, they've just kind of been trained to be that way. And um, we, sometimes don't realize the importance of developing a more real relationship with our real self. And that becomes a freedom. You see, so it's very hard sometimes for people to imagine that the things that they're feeling and the things that they have learned or, or rather the things that they think are things that, um, um, are just things that they have learned that they're not necessarily special, they're not necessarily unique. 
And um, even the combination of the genetics that have been imputed in all of us is not really that special. Um, but the things that we truly hold sacred about ourselves, most of them are things that we have as a result of chance. You know, there are other creatures that exist in our dimensions on the planet and they are not as capable in choosing and creating an identity for themselves that's separate from their their practical construction, you know. But most of us, or many people, become very insulted, possibly even violent, when you question the worth <laughs> of their baggage and their burdens, which they carry in their hearts and they carry in their heavens, you know, which fill up their thoughts. You know, you have people who will annihilate whole groups of people over their values and over their, what they consider to be their socio-psychological territory, you see, which is something that nine times out of 10, they didn't even, they didn't even choose for themselves. It was something that was given to them based on maybe where they grew up and they just automatically accepted those things without even knowing that they have the ability to question the purpose of their thoughts, question the nature of their behavior. But they become like um, just beast, beast, you know, who just blindly imitate the authorities, you know, and we delight in those things. You know, we go to zoos and we see different primates and the primates are wearing human clothes and they learn sign language and they learn to smile or make certain gestures like humans are. And because we have these weak egos, we just love it. We just think it's so awesome. But not realizing that in many senses, we behave the same way. There's something very familiar about it. There's a there's a mass unconsciousness and it's very quiet. And we accept this sort of, um, again, primate sort of behavior as just the standard of life. We're told what we do at each stage of our life. And, you know, um, we have a sense of possession and the sense of territory as a result. And um, we just enact certain actions based upon that. And um, occasionally we might realize that we're, we're acting in a way that's been pre-programmed, but we have ways of silencing that voice and um, and not just submitting the constant subtle programming that many of us are under. And by who? You know, who is actually performing these prescriptive uh, experiments? <laughs> Whose lab are we living inside of? So our unconscious mind is just eating and, and consuming all of these different suggestions. And even when we question things, some of us think we're very inquisitive and we think we're very curious and we think we're very clever and we're very woke, quote unquote. And we question this and we question that, you know, um, and don't realize sometimes that our true and actual conscious self, um, suspects what's happening but the beliefs that we have they're programmed into us without our awareness so the questions that we have that are conscious questions are still operating 
within certain predictable grids. You know, it's still certain stimuli. Like we can be stimulated to ask something. We can be stimulated to a question and not realizing that when you're operating in that, you're reacting because you're reacting to a stimuli that someone has thrown in for you to say, well, you when, when you wake up a little bit, you can question this way or you can question that way. So we, re, re, we become reactive in that sense to someone else's agenda, but we don't act out of our own will towards freedom. And freedom is not um, just I do what I want. Freedom is a destination of change. You know, freedom is a place that we arrive at, but the ultimate um, hallmark of freedom is change. So many times we, we imagine that we're liberated. We, we imagine that we're new people. We imagine that we're free people, but there could be some, some things in us that we know we need to change, that we know we need to do differently. And we might have fear around it, you know, and that fear causes pause and we don't change as a result. But we're coming to a place now and the development and in the timeline more specifically of us as people who um, have the responsibility or, you know, need to accept the the responsibility of awakening from a sheep-like existence and become more consciously aware of what's happening around us because um, the humankind and mankind is... Um, now in this like really aggressive race to see who can destroy themselves first. And they're doing all of that still. And those who have the potential for, again, the Godhead, those who have the potential for actualization are not acting on it, you know? So they're experiencing things that they need not experience. Many are still remaining very blind and very unaware of what's in front of them. And that's why sometimes when you speak to them, you have these blank faces, just kind of like distant look. And you can you can see within them some I don't mean to laugh, but there's an unseen uh, unseen, you know, so sometimes I'll speak and what I've personally noticed. Oh, yeah, I understand, chief. I understand what you're saying. I understand. You can look in their faces and see that they don't understand. You can see that they don't have wisdom of what's being said. There's just this blindness that's across their face. There's a blank, this kind of blank stare. There's a blankness of expression. And some think that their blindness and their blankness provides them protection. You see, if I don't know, I don't have to engage. I don't have to act. I stay safe. You know, and the reality is, is for what's coming in front of us, for the, the seasons ahead, for the days ahead, ahead, for the months of ahead, for the years ahead, um, there's no safety that can be um, received from ignorance. We're in a place now where we have to respect um, what our body needs a little bit more. We have to respect what the spirit needs a little bit more. You see, because there's so many snares for the for the brain. So many snares. 
And um, as we're seeing more the rise of the machine, right, through MLS and, and deep learning and, um, of course, many people say AI or artificial intelligence and things like that, we're finding that um, people are mirroring the same sort of uh, expressions of, of that robotic sort of thinking and they may not realize that they can achieve freedom to allow themselves to express themselves from those snares. And there needs to be a certain slavery, but the slavery needs to be to the free will. You see, and that free will, it, it's really the, the, the ability to perfect the freedom experience. Without free will, you can't perfect freedom. I mean, obviously, you won't even achieve it because the free will, it precipitates change. You know, but for many people, when they think about free will, it's just they look at it as their ability to follow their own conditioning. (laughs) So I do what I want and they don't realize that. Yeah, but what you want to do has been programmed into you. So you're still not free. You see, still not free, but people will see that as free will, but it's not that that's, um, that's nothing but a fallacy. You see, so we're, we're faced with these challenges now, huge challenges, gargantuan challenges, you know, and our consciousness is expanding and the technology of our consciousness is expanding. That's what that means. And ultimately, when you get to the the final conclusion all of all of this or the end of all of this, um, it's only the person who is moving as a divine spiritual person and being who can really become the um, admirer of real free will. And to begin to sort of look at some of this, you know, I, I spoke about meditation recently and how people think it's just about, well, we meditate and we say we love each other and we're good to go, you know, and that's how you achieve higher awareness. And like I said, if you have teachers who are teaching you like that, they're not teachers. They're just, they're robots. You know, you go back to the conditioning. Um, They're just repeating some things. And, you know, one of the reasons I bring this up because meditation is something that we will be exploring in our new life global uh, retreat that we come in, we have coming up at the end of the month on the 24th. So I'm going to put a plug in that for real quick. People who want to attend that retreat, August 24th, head over to anulifeglobal.org, anulifeglobal.org, and register for the retreat there. We're in New Orleans, all right, August 24th through 28th. But anyway, so this concept, you know, of um, just becoming more astute in um, getting into a meditative state, which is essentially a, a relaxed state, you know, really a relaxed state because we have these different concepts that exist um, in, I'd say, complement maybe to our consciousness and the, the concept of stress, the concept of tension is something that um, exists constantly with consciousness And in order to really bring the consciousness forth and come into a free space, we have to reduce our stress. We have to reduce our tension. And it's not to say that stress and tension are are bad things. They're not, actually. Um, 
But a lot of the problems that we have in our lives, a lot of the things that come to the forefront are because of the lack of, of consciousness within our programming and um, the idea or the notion internally that we don't have the ability to change our condition. See, that's that's the lack of freedom. You know, you're talking to someone and they can boast and brag and boast and brag, but then they, they might cite something that's wrong with them. And you, well, why don't you work? Well, it is what it is. That's just how I am. I can't do it. It's too hard. Okay. Slave. That's a slave. So they, they hold on to those, um, things that they may have that they carry them like a, like a robot would hold on, <laughs> you know, to its programming. So our, our existence and our reality is dependent upon sort of the intersection of those two forces of our consciousness and our stressors and our tensions. And, you know, you can have tension in a moment where you're happy and you can have tensions in a moment where you're down or you're, you're sad or even you're feeling depression, you know, or depressed rather tension and stress is just a reality of existing. And for some it is existence. You know, and it's not it's not necessarily a, a wicked thing or evil necessity of life or anything like that. It's it's a vital part of life. Um, but in order for us to bring about the real change and reprogramming of consciousness, we have to be able to reduce the stress in our life. This is where retreats come in. We have to be able to reduce the tension in our life, because in order to reprogram yourself, you got to have a still mind. You can't. Reprogram yourself while your mind is hyperactive and chattering and, you know, um, pulling you in different directions. And of course, often meditation and retreats and things like that become the end result of, uh, um, excuse me, well, the, the, the reduction of stress, the reduction of tension become the end results of retreats and meditations and things like that. Um, and that may not even be the goal of why we, participate in those things but it is how it is oftentimes the end result but as we evolve as a people we as we evolve as a consciousness our techniques have to evolve sometimes we'll look at like thousand old techniques for meditation and things like that and it's not to take anything away from them they have a value of course but each generation that comes forth is different you know, I have family members that are 10, 15 years older than me and some are 10, 15 years younger than me. And their perspective on life is a lot different than mine. You know, as different generations come forth, there's a there's different needs that also will come forth, you know, and there's a re um, a requirement for a redefinition of, of purpose and a reformulation of the different techniques that we use to get things done. You know, we have to learn to sort of adapt um, the way we do things and adapt our practices and our develop our methods to benefit where we are when we, when we're there. Right. So, you know, a lot of times um, tension is a different sort of thing because your tensions that you have in life, sometimes we don't realize, but they, they are, um, they get converted into thoughts. And every sort of uh, physical response that we may have, a muscular response that we have, which is, you know, it's a neuro 
um, sensation of muscularity, if you will, um, it conveys a different thought. It conveys a different meaning. And sometimes it makes it really hard for the mind or for us to still the mind. It becomes an obstacle in our practices of meditation. You know, so in order to begin to destroy whatever tension we don't need, you know, to in order to free the mind from the way it's been programmed, uh, we have to start looking at how do we clear the mind? You know, um, how do we look at each of our muscle groups that also need to be cleared and also need to be relaxed in order so the stress can be reduced? You know, and there are different there are different methods and different ways to look at it. But at the at the end of the day, we have a higher self, we have a lower self and they have to be cleared and they have to lack uh, what we would call external or sometimes even internal domination, you know, and there is an interactive sort of uh, network and web of how our tensions connect with each other. And the tensions or the stresses that we feel, sometimes we feel like we need them to function in the social world, but those same stressors become a rival to our spiritual world. So they become the tension inside that fight against each other, you know, and those are things that we have to, um, we have to look at, you know, one thing that you can do is sort of play around with it or get a sense of it and understanding like the effects of consistent mental chattering or, um, different emotions or thoughts that are flowing through your mind is just sit, sit down, you know, in a place that's quiet as quiet as it can be and think, you know, think about anything you want. And as you're thinking, pay attention to the different movements and the, and the different, even um, tightness or tensions that you begin to feel in your face and in your throat and in your neck, you know, and then after you finish doing that, and it, you know, you may be thinking about something that you experienced that caused tension then after you do that, start thinking about something that's more pleasant and then make a note of the same exact thing. What you're going to find is that the things that you think about, your thoughts become a wave of energy that begin to move through your voice box. This is one of the reasons why when we have night visions or we dream at night, sometimes we speak out loud, you know, um, because our thoughts and our emotions actually move through our jaw. They move through our tongue and they also move through our eyes. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be dreaming about some, our eyes are darting back and forth. We might be grinding, you know, our teeth as we're going through it. So all of these different things, they, there's a, there's a stress or there's a tension that, um, we have to be aware of that exhibits itself through our body based upon our thoughts, Right. So when we start looking at um, some of those things and how to clear some of those things and, and in coming segments, I'll give you some some set, some um, some techniques in, in terms of clearing, you know, uh, but that's some of the stuff we'll be going through in the retreat, like how to get to that place where we can start to remove some of the dogma out of our thinking, um, how we can get some of the junk out, junk Junk travels really fast. I mean, you think about when you turn on your your little screens, 
how quickly can you access something foolishness, some some sort of foolishness within the social systems of these digital platforms? It it's like faster than the speed of light. We we have like immediate access to affairs and fights and drama and wars and and um, economic you know disasters, if you will, and countercultures, unhealthy countercultures, and what some would call law, or someone would call a morality, and you know all of these different things are things that we choose. You know, we choose our 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 dogma. You know, and sometimes we don't even know that we're we're addicted to them, you know, and we evaluate ourselves and we evaluate others based of based around those dogmas, you know, and we we have different paraphernalia and things that come with it. And there's pushers of said dogmas and said ideas, you know, and they, they sort of keep us in this this sick place. But we have to we have to find new connections. You know, and all of this begins to start to help to clear out some of the uh, thoughts and ideas that keep us from where we should be, you know. Um, so it's it's an important sort of um, aspect to look at in how we apply to certain things when we look at our moral fiber. Sometimes our moral fibers keep us locked into uh, a certain tension, you know, and we sometimes just have to lay, have to learn to lay down on the back Lay on your back, you know, become more aware of your breathing, become more aware of your muscles, you know, and just sort of um, one of of the powerful things. It's real simple. When you become aware of those things, you know, stand up really slow. You stand up, just count to like the number five. And when you get to the number five, let your upper body, you know, above your waistline just sort of uh, collapse into your waist. Don't fall over, you know, it's almost like a lean, but just kind of let the gravity of the planet pull it down. And when, you, when you're when you done doing it, just take a couple of breaths and just feel the effect of that on your body. You'll start to, to feel like, um, or you want to try to feel energy chi around your pelvic area and just keep repeating it. You know, until you become more aware of the sensations that are around your back. And it's different things you could do where you flex your legs and you kick your legs out really far. Um, so that's This is a good one to do. Like if you're on a bed, you inhale and then on the exhale, you scream. You know, or if, if you're a man, you holler. Men, men don't scream, they holler. And you do that about five times. You know, you obviously had to be careful. Maybe you have a pillow so people don't call the, the law enforcement. And then you start to feel the energy moving around through your body. You do that for about five minutes, you know. And these are just small examples. Um, you do it for about five minutes. And when you when you finish with that, you sort of uh, begin to look. You know, you could record this, like record the audio of it. Until you can do it for like 20 minutes, you know, and and essentially all you're doing is you're taking like nice deep inhale, you know, you bring your legs and, you know, you could even bring your like slowly bring your legs with with your knees up to your chest and then you just kick your legs out as far as you can kick them, right? 
bring them to your chest, kick them out, and then allow your breathing to normalize once again when you sort of get tired of doing that. And um, then you hold your legs extended, you know, for um, about three seconds. And then you do that for about two minutes, you relax again. And you repeat, relax. Then you inhale. Then when you exhale, you scream or you holler. (sighs) Lie back down on your back and just feel that energy around you. You're going to see it sounds very simple, but it's the simple things that uh, often give you the most profound results. And what you're doing is you're starting to remove the rigidity of some of your mental processes you know, and some of us have mental processes, processes inside of us that we haven't questioned in decades. And sometimes like a, just a slight examination of some of those processes or better yet, the premises of those processes will start to re- to reveal the fallacy and our reasoning that we've held for so long and. You know, some of those fallacies, they influence science, they influence philosophy, they influence spirituality, you know. And they create the reality in which we live, which we live in. And we haven't taken any time to see if any of those things that we're standing on are truly self-evident, if they've truly been explored, you know, and do we have the the ability do we have the freedom to start to change you see and i know for some of us it's very scary because it's like we live in a time now where it's dangerous to see remember uh you read some of the recent histories about galileo and copernicus and when they started to use the the information from ancient kemet um <laughs> And they sought to defy the church at that time and some of the dogmas that the church had put forth. And, you know, there were heretics who were ready to kill him behind these things, you know. But when you start to free yourself from your program thinking, you, you get an, you get a leg up or an edge up, you, you edge over the rest of humankind and mankind. Because you can become more alerted to the changes that are happening before they happen. You see, that's the thing. You know, it's impossible to survive the changes in society and in the world and to cope with the changes in your life on an emotional level or even physical trauma, of course, unless you undergo a serious transformation in your consciousness. You see. We're in an age now where we require new women and we require new men. And these are new women of high consciousness and new men of high fortitude. And and the dogmas that may be carried now, they'll crumble. They'll crumble when the vision of those new men and women look at them and they're standing in the threshold of their vision. And the ones who survive are the only going to be the ones who have the vision of what lies ahead, what's on the way, and can prepare to ride the crest of these new eras. Those are the only ones who will survive, you know. And I know sometimes that can be a scary thought or very difficult thought 
to imagine, you know, but we have to prepare for this now. And that requires a total reexamination of ourselves. And even now, maybe taking a, a moment to pause for an analysis of ourselves and to start to look at, man, how many options are within us that have been conditioned? How many opinions have been have been conditioned within us that are keeping us from being able to achieve real freedom and to see what's coming ahead on the road? And it's okay to like, you know, let your, your thoughts, let your eyes wander about where you are, where you are right now. Then let your eyes wander about the other areas in your life. You know, ask yourself some critical questions and see what your true feelings or opinions are on about any object that's around you or anything that um, you've been imagining or you've been holding on to, but start to mentally strip those objects from you. And, and your different perceptions and even a perception that you believe that there's facts that are concerning in your life and, you know, they may be distorted and your efforts may be to confine your conclusions to the facts that you consider to be apparent, you know, you got to understand that it's very rare that we ever look at anything and our journey without the programming in the middle, the robot, the sheep, <laughs> whatever like example you want to use. We all have a robot that's tied to us or a sheep that's tied to us or a uh, um, lens, a telescope lens that's been distorted. You see, so most of our conclusions and ideas are based on trained input, which is ultimately that's what, what dogma is, you know. So we have to recondition to begin to change how we process our lives and how to begin to change our immediate environment and eventually contribute to our families and our communities and our nations and to our world. And it's okay to give yourself enough time to, to go through this process, but understand that we are in that era now. So you got to start questioning the conditions that you're living in, questioning the objects that are around you. And I can't stress enough, you know, um, how important it is that we become more aware of how we think if we're ever going to change our conscious level. It's not just enough to jump and say, I'm woke. It, it doesn't work. I promise you, it doesn't work. We have to start thinking about the subtle processes that are around us and take time to examine the way we think, the way we process, and to be, con you know, continually aware of how tricky our perceptions could be or how distorted sometimes our perceptions can be. You see, look at some of the, um, the burdens that we've dragged from our past with us and they clutter up the future with all of these trashy associations from the past. They have to go. They got to go. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta wipe the. Uh, well, we used to use whiteboards, but you know, we gotta wipe the slate clean, as they say, because we have a future in front of us that's unborn, and there's no place in that that life for our old trash and our old dogma. There's a real you that's coming now in this new era. You see, and the the 
the digestive system of the planet Earth is now being purged. Mark my words. See, I can see what's coming. So try to, you know, look at some of the aspects of your life that you consider to be important from an objective angle. Look at yourself from way out. Try to have an out-of-body experience and look at what that image looks like. You see? And just understand, like, we have a limited supply of true, authentic thinking. People think, like, oh, well, they take stuff for granted. (laughs) Oh, well, just keep talking. Just keep talking. Keep saying, yeah, I'll get around to it when I get around to it. And some people don't realize that, you know, there are certain unlimited supplies of certain things, but of real thinking and consciousness and philosophy inside of people, no. All right. So with that, you hear the music coming on. I know I went over, of course. Um, I'm just going to, matter of fact, I'm going to give you your book. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you your book because that's, that's my cue. That's my cue that, um, it's time for me so you know i will let you definitely um were able to receive value and um the things that were shared and in this particular session i i know it's it it may feel so very broad you know to have to kind of start thinking in a larger way but um, we are certainly in a place where man we are certainly in a place now where um there's so much that's changing around us that uh, we we have to start to reposition who and what we're choosing to be in order to keep up. In order to keep up. All right. So let me let me give you uh, the book. I know I haven't given you one in some time. OK, so this book is one that um. I've had for a while There's actually been different editions of it That have come out And um, there's different variations And it may not be one that you're going to read Straight through per se But it's definitely one I would say should be in your library I I, I have more than one I have physical copies and digital copies And the name of of the book that um, I'm sharing in this particular podcast is when there is no doctor and um this is a book it has three authors it's david werner carol thurman and the last one i think is matt jane maxwell and um i have the there's a 20 2010 version of that because i've had it for a while and there was one even before that i had one and then there's a this one from like 2022 i have i have different versions of it but um it's a, it's a really good book in terms of like uh it's it's designed specifically for people who are in village areas in fact the subtitle is um village of a uh, handbook for village health care so where there is no doctor a handbook for village health care something like that but um it's good because it, it's essentially for you know, someone who may want to learn how to diagnose basic things about themselves, like, or some common, um, things that deal with nutrition. And, you know, if you're planning for childbirth or for, for a family and, you know, basically if you're someone who may live off the grid, you know, or if you're someone who, um, just maybe wants to take a little bit more control 
of your of your body you know of your medical conditions and kind of come out of that that grid of you know well doctor told me this doctor told me to do that but be able to to arm yourself with information it's a really good book for that and and i have this different varieties like i said i also have the um when there is no dentist which is another one that they did um and then i also have uh when there is no doctor for women which is pretty good too and that one even deals with like if, if someone is going into labor and knowing what position the baby is in and, and things like that right so uh like i said it, it may not be necessarily a, a book that you read um from start to finish you know it's i would say it's probably more of a of a reference work but um i you know i i've always uh loved the the text and um and i think it's especially great for those who are starting out in more healthier way of of living and and considering being off the grid or find themselves more in places where there may not be as many doctors or for like me, I, I travel through a lot of countries sometimes where I don't want to go in, in to, to see a doctor. I don't want to have to be in a situation where, yeah, I would have to go to a local hospital or something like that. So, you know, um, I think over time, some of the information you'll just learn, you know, but it's definitely a great start, you know, for things like how to care for your gums, for instance, um, breaking down the urinary tract, um, uh, vaginal discharge, um, things like even the menses and or or remaining you know maintaining health while you're pregnant you know different things with your eyes like um trachoma or um just even uh, neonatal conjunctivitis you know things like that um night blindness um then there's certain other things that it speaks about like tuberculosis and rabies and tetanus you know or lockjaw and meningitis and typhoid and typhus and um, even leprosy, uh, stuff like runny noses, hemorrhoids or varicose veins, how to, you know, help yourself with those, uh, a ruptured hernia, um, skin issues, like boils and ticks and lice and bed bugs and ulcers. And I think there's even a thing in there on pimples. Um, there's stuff about, you know, how to eat to be healthy if you have like anemia or if you're overweight or diabetes or, acid indigestion stuff like that and it's not necessarily a holistic herb guide right so um i'm not co-signing everything that's in there but it's just an awesome thing to have to equip yourself to kind of you know know the names of certain things that may happen like if you have blood flukes you know or um it speaks about vaccinations or hookworms and tapeworms and pinworms and roundworms and whipworms you know and, and trichinosis and um you know um a trichinosis you know but different things like that and you know how to deal with basic things like cuts and scrapes and burns and broken bones even right so i know i explained a lot because it's a big book but that is our book, man. Um, I, I advise you all <laughs> to have a copy of of that text. All right, um, it's a it's a really good piece to have, and you know, even like I said, even if you even if you still want to go to doctors, and you know, it even tells you how to prepare syringes for injection and 
different things like that. But like how to arm yourself or inform yourself, you know, to even comfort someone who's sick or someone who's ill and what you may need when going to a doctor. All right. So, again, that book is when there is no doctor, when there is no doctor. All right. Cool. All right, so that has been our segment. Um, we'll get to our Q&A next time. I know I, I skipped it again. But um, what I essentially just, you know, will that you all are in this space where you can move beyond sometimes the paralyzation of your fear of not wanting to change and understand even when there's things around you that are changing and nature is sending out warnings, signal warnings, you know, and there's a, a need for an expansion of consciousness and understand those who refuse to read the signs around them and then kind of govern themselves accordingly, like those who lived in ancient Atlantis, you know, they'll be overwhelmed and they'll, they'll face catastrophes and and things like that, you know? So we want to kind of get to a place where, um, we, we, we're sitting in a space where, um, we're in alignment, you know, and understanding that everything that that exists around us is um, something that we can have an opinion about. And we have to look at, you know, the validity of some of those time held opinions and look at the material universe. And you'll start to see that it is this really amazing, fantastic interplay of energy and consciousness that's always looking for exponential change. And that change is always happening everywhere but for some of us it's happening everywhere but except inside of our heads you know so with that i want to thank you all for uh tuning in and, and being present you know i'm a little earlier on on our on our our uh, close in this session because i didn't do the q a but i will come back to i have a a cue now that we're kind of catching up on our time a little bit um but i really just wanted to focus on this one thought in this session i kind of didn't want us to go left and right with some of the answers that have been sent in but again i'll start back in our next session 101 episode 101 with the q a i will share those things and uh, so feel free you can always send them in at questions at chief questions at chief and i will get to them all right so until such time this has been chief yuya as always um for consultations ask osiris.com consultations ask osiris.com definitely not my instagram inbox <laughs> and for coaching you know uh osirislife.com definitely not my instagram inbox all right so you got the addresses and again for the anu life global retreat if you want to be a part of that and really start to look at um some of the things we do, you know, some of the ways that we reprogram and stand up, you know, and um, start to look at uh, ways that we can remove the paranoia out of our life and start to get to a place where we can do some serious work together and some serious change and really be students of effective practices, not just bouncing around from just, you know, <laughs> fluff, fluff to fluff. <laughs> But truly being born again, if you will, and beginning to learn every notion of this I illusion 
and um, breaking it apart and seeing where we may have split personalities that are causing problems. You know, and you know, you just got to know that even things like schizophrenia are they're really they're not they're they're the result of not paying attention to our multiple aspects, our multiplicity. You know, sometimes we take a very rigid and dogmatic attitude to and to you know, in the way we want to unify everything that we are and not recognize that there's we have multiple kind of brains and multiple matrices that we can explore and and learn to jump into at each time. And it doesn't mean that you're fragmented because of that. It doesn't mean that, you know. All right. So with that, I'm going to close out. This has been Chief Yuya and this has been another Chief Yuya podcast. All right. Um, and I'll see all of you very soon in our next segment. And some of you I'll see even sooner at our next retreat. All right. So everyone be well. Peace. Peace.